like the word Christian has become a bit generic. People use it in politics and science, in philosophy and music. So what does it mean to actually be Christian? Today, Dr. Parlow and Pastor Ben will help us get to the root of the word so that we can define it and also live and explain it clearly. Welcome again to When Fear Reigns. This has been We're Continue Host here with Dr. John Parlow. This is episode 11. Hopefully you got a chance to listen to episode 10 where we hit double digits and Anthony led us through a really awesome discussion. Uh, John and I just absolutely love and that. And keep those cards, letters, and emails coming to Ben Workentine. <laughs> keep coming to Ben Workentine. He's I've got answered. your phone number around he here somewhere. <laughs> he loves those dearly. Going to do a series on him, a sermon series. <laughs> but I think we, we talked about some things that people have real questions about and really appreciated Anthony leading us through that discussion. That was awesome. Here in episode 11, we're going to be talking about um, – what it means to be a Christian. I think a lot of people have this really vague idea. What does it mean to be Christian? What does it name, mean to carry that name? Uh, and I'm hoping that we can kind of get some clarity on that because I think it helps uh, as you have that conversation. I can just picture conversations I've had with people. You know, I get into a good conversation. We get talking about spiritual things and I get talking about Jesus. Oh, I'm already a Christian. And that stops the conversation. Right. Well, where right. do you go from there? What like What's my next question? Are you really a, a Christian? And I want us to please put your head that. underneath this blue light. We'll see if we'll see if a cross shows up on your forehead. Yeah, yeah that's right. What's the seat like? Do you know the secret handshake yeah, or whatever? Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping we can t- kind of talk about that before we dig into that conversation, though. John, just share a little bit. What are what are your devotions? What are you going through for your devotions? Right um, I will start out. Uh, I always in the morning. I I read one chapter in the New Testament. Right now, I'm just finishing up Mark. Okay. And I know I can be through the whole New Testament by just doing that, just on the weekdays. Yeah. And I encourage other people to do that as well. Then I have a, a number of um, blogs that I will read, devotional blogs. I get the um, Time of Grace email yeah. in my email box. And then um, I do a lot of reading by Christian apologists to how to best share your faith. And of course, you have to learn it and make sure you continue to learn it and be prepared to, to share it. But that's what I'm doing. Have a little quiet time and then try to remember to be thankful for all the great things God has given me as opposed to, well, I got a lot of stuff to do yet and I got a big check mark <laughs> list to do. And oh man, my life is not as what I at all planned it to be this week and yeah. not complain, yeah. but rather be thankful for what I have. I kind of go through ebbs and flows of, you know, highs and lows of actually doing my devotion. Sometimes I'm not super uh, consistent with that. Right now I'm in the middle of a good good stretch where trying to read the New Testament, whole New Testament in 40 days. It's on the YouVersion Bible app. And, you know, it's eight chapters or so a day, but I listened to it on my way in. Okay. Um, in, the, in Corinthians, last half of Corinthians right now. But yeah, I, I, the rhythm of doing devotions, of prayer, of quiet time, uh, reflection on what you're doing. I think about how many times the Psalms say, I meditate on your your laws, O oh Lord, I rejoice in your words. Um, just that that pattern of the, the Jesus follower, yeah, my really wife, looking at his words. My wife, Lydia, every morning she told me, she gets up and says, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And she she purposely says it apparently to herself a lot just to remind herself of be thankful for what God's given you. Yeah. And I think that leads us nicely, you know, being in touch with actually God's word really brings us into this conversation about what it means to be a Christian. Um, I'm, I'm, we're still struggling a little bit. We've talked about this in one of our podcasts on destiny. And I don't want to retread that territory. People can go back and listen to that, that podcast, but there are, there's this sense of there are many paths to eternity, right? You'll hear people say, uh, one God, many names, but there's something unique about the Christian path that sets it apart. Something different 
when somebody says they're Christian, they're saying something apart from, you know, I'm, I'm Muslim or I'm Jehovah Witness or I'm, I'm a, a, you know, Shinto or whatever. Help us flesh that out. What is, what is that, that unique portion of Christianity? I think you brought up something that is often believed by many today, and that is all religions are, are superficially different but fundamentally the same, when the truth is just the opposite. Religions, all religions appear to be uh, super, they're really superficially the same, but fundamentally mm-hmm. different. Uh, when it comes to Christianity, Christianity is very clearly exclusive, as are other world religions, if you mm-hmm. study them. I mean, Judaism and Islam are all exclusive religions, Hinduism, Buddhism, mm-hmm. exclusive religions. And Jesus made it very clear. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. When it comes to Christianity, and we've talked about this before, you can take all of the holy books of the of the different religions and worldviews and put them on one side of a table and Christianity and the Bible on the other because they're so different. And there's a big gulf in between because Christianity is the only one that tells you you need to be rescued. You're not God and don't know it. Mm-hmm. And so you have to discover it through some kind of journey, spiritual journey, or it's some kind of spiritual tag team match between you and God. You start, he finishes, or he starts and you finish. It's only Christianity that says, no, you by nature are spiritually dead, ignorant, and hostile. You need a rescuer. Not because you are a mistaker, no. Mm-hmm. You're a sinner who's violated a holy, just God's law, and you're going to deserve, you're going to get what you deserve, and that's eternal life separated from him. It's only Christianity that deals with the peace that surpasses all understanding. What do you do with guilt? What's on the other side when you when your lungs empty and your blood pools to your back as you're lying on it, and you assume room temperature? I appreciate the vivid image you're well, drawn out. That's That's good. <laughs> But I mean, that's the point. That, that's that's is, again. People will tell you on college campuses. You see it all the time. Super, superficially the same. That's what they believe. But that's that's the truth. They think they're super superficially different. That's not the case. They're yeah. fundamentally different. Yeah, and that fundamental difference really separates out Christianity from world religions. Now let's zoom in a little bit because there's a lot of variety in Christianity and even in the levels of adherence or the levels of practice or the levels of belief in people who would call themselves Christian. Help us understand, Jean, what are some of the litmus tests that people will use to say, yep, because of this, I'm Christian? Well, I would say this. You and I would both go to probably one of the most famous passages in the Bible, at least maybe well-known, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Now, here's the point. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Whoever does not believe in him stands condemned already because he's not believed in the name of God's one and only son. What makes us Christians, little Christs, what makes us Jesus followers is a saving faith in the God who died for us, a God who sent his son to die in our place, to live in our place and die in our place. That makes you a Christian. That trust in Jesus' finished work on the cross, that makes us a Christian. Not not some label you use. It's that trust that's ultimately a gift from God in his son who did all of that for you by grace. That's that's what makes us Christian. I don't know that everybody would see it that way. Every Christian would see Every person who labels themselves Christian. Because I've heard them say, I'm a Christian because... I go to church. Well, let's, let's, stop. Yeah, let's work through that. I'm a Christian because I go to worship. Just because you enter a building or you're involved in a service doesn't necessarily mean you're a Jesus follower. 
you can have false prophet, prophets do that. You can have uh, people come in and, and be part of the church. We've all heard that idea where, well, I joined that church because it's the best place for me to make business connections sure. yeah. or it's the hot new place. I don't really believe what they say, but I, a lot of cool people there, whatever it is, just because you enter into a building doesn't make you a Jesus follower. I often say, put your, stick your head in an oven twice a year doesn't make you a muffin, <laughs> right? So uh, I think you have to be, you got to be careful with that. You have that one. Another one that you and I've talked about as well. I, I grew up. What would you say, yeah. Ben? I grew yeah. up in church. What do you say yeah. to that or person? I was ben? confirmed. Yeah, I was confirmed. Yeah, yeah I went yeah. to school at a, yeah. a Lutheran elementary school of all places. Yeah. And so for sure I'm a Christian. You know, you'll hear them say that, that, you know, that now you pray in those cases because a lot of times people will tell you that when they you go, Hey, have you been in church for a while? Hey, why don't you come to our, oh, no, I don't do that anymore, but I'm still a Christian. Yeah. And yeah, you, yeah. you pray that the seeds of faith that were worked in their heart at baptism, that they still have that, that faith or at least little bits of it still, hopefully, or maybe what they did learn from their teacher in yeah. Lutheran elementary school or, or Sunday school, or you, you hope that's the case, or they'll say, you'll have other people say, well, I, I'm a Christian because I try to be good. Pretty good. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty good. You know, and I always tell people, in Matthew 5, Jesus says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. God does not grade on a curve. Yeah. It's always interesting when people think, yeah, he grades on a curve. They're always better than the curve. You ever notice that? They're never like, yeah, and I'm not making it. <laughs> they never say that. <laughs> it's the like, bottom quartile. Like most of their friends aren't making it, which yeah. tells you they probably should get some different friends, or they should actually try to be a friend to their friends and tell them yeah. about Jesus, certainly. Or, you know, it's not like God gives you an L for learning and a T yeah. for trying when it comes to the spiritual report card. Yeah. And I think it's important for us to be really clear here because one of our listeners might say, well, I go to church. If you go to church, you may be a Christian. If you are are a good person, you may be a Christian. If you grew up in a Christian home or were confirmed, went to Christian elementary school, you may be a Christian, but it's not a one-to-one, right? Correct. It's not as though everyone who, because the same person who says, well, I'm a Christian because I go to church will say, I don't go to church because there are hypocrites there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So you're admitting that someone, just because they walk into a building, doesn't make them adherent to that faith or doesn't mm-hmm. make them uh, somebody who follows that Jesus. So don't, don't connect things that aren't, don't, don't make causation out of correlation, right? Uh, and, and I think that's key for us, especially as you're sitting down with somebody uh, and you get into a conversation or you, you get at work or at the coffee shop or, you know, whatever, sitting around watching your kids at the, the soccer game and they say, oh, I'm a Christian. You gotta understand, you gotta, you gotta dig into You gotta pack that, you know, again, let's remind our listeners of those three questions we encourage you to do. When someone says, hey, I'm a Christian, that gives you an opportunity to share your faith or to find out you're both on the same team spiritually. Yeah. But the question you ask is, oh, okay, great. What do you mean by that? Yeah. You know, help me understand it. What, what do you mean by Christian? Because so many people mean something else. And that leads into a conversation, that person telling you part of their story. And then you go to the next of, well, okay, maybe they say, well, because I, I go to church. Well, how, how'd you come to that conclusion yeah. about yeah. Christianity? And then what, well, let me, let me share with you from my vantage point what I, what I believe. Have you ever considered? I think those three questions can help us better help people understand what they believe or maybe not believe. Yeah. Yeah, because you want to, you don't want to stop a conversation. Someone who claims to be Christian who doesn't know Jesus, right? You want to be able to share Jesus I mean, with them. You have many people in Hollywood who claim to be Christians. Mm-hmm. They're sporting the cross. I'm not really sure they know who hung on it mm-hmm. for them and why he hung on it for them. And yet there are there are people that would be able to give you an incredible testimony of their faith in Jesus. So again, it's it's almost like in some cases the hip thing. Oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Now it's so now it's like I'm a spiritual person. Well, yeah. what does that mean? Yeah. Help help me understand. What does that mean? Well, I believe what? 
Yeah. What do you believe in? And I think, you know, one question I hear a lot of people follow up, you know, somebody says, I'm a Christian. Oh, what church do you go to? Again, not a great indicator of whether or not this person believes in Jesus as right. their Savior. Because somebody can be Catholic or they can be Episcopalian or they can be Methodist and still believe in Jesus as he's revealed in the Bible. Meanwhile, someone can say, oh, I go to a, a Lutheran church and they have no idea who Jesus is because right. they're not paying attention. They're right. not listening or they got this own mindset. So asking that question, I have found, at least in my personal experience, not to be all that helpful. Because it almost separates you over something that really doesn't communicate clearly uh, that's what, why, where this person's yeah, at. Yeah, why, why do you, why, what do you mean by that? What, yeah. You're a Christian, okay. Yeah. And that's a word that's thrown around in our culture a lot. It's like evangelical, too. Yeah. Now, what does that mean? Yeah. It's more of a political party anymore. It, than today it, it is. That's what people yeah. think comes to first mind, yeah. Yeah. When we talk about, you know, how to how to ask somebody about their Christian faith, I think there are a lot of people who struggle with my, you know, reflecting on themselves. How do I know I'm a Christian? What what comfort do you bring to somebody who says, I, I'm not sure I believe all this, or I'm not sure I'm I'm good enough to be in? What what do you say to them, to that person sitting on the other side of your desk who's really questioning their own Christian faith? I first of all would ask them, uh, what do you believe about Jesus? I mean, do you trust in his finished work on the cross? And the reason I, I stress finished work is because if you don't, what happens is you end up in work righteousness. That's a, like, I know that's insider language. In other words, the idea that you can work your way to heaven. And, you know, you have in Romans chapter 10, verse 3 talks about you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. Or Galatians 5, Paul scolds the Galatians for thinking, you know, if you think you're saving yourself, then you've fallen away from grace. Or in Hebrews 10, where it says, you know, if you deliberately keep on sinning, no sacrifice is left for you. The idea that uh, you and I trust the finished work of Christ who is the one whose who's sacrifice on the cross paid for all of our sin. That's the first thing. The second thing is, I can't look into your heart. Only God can do that. But Jesus did say in, in Matthew, um, by their fruit, you will recognize them. And then he points out, you know, do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit and every bad tree bears bad fruit. That doesn't mean we're always going to get it right. I hate when people say, well, look, look at those hypocrites. And remember, again, hypocrisy the opposite of hypocrisy is not perfection. The opposite of hypocrisy is spiritual um, vulnerability and spiritual uh, truth. In other words, uh, authenticity. I don't always get it right. Mm-hmm. I struggle against, and that's why I need repentance every day. That's why I need Jesus' forgiveness every day. But you look at people's lives. It's like people who say, well, you know, I, I, I believe in Jesus as my Savior, but you've not touched his means of grace, his word and sacraments for five years. I find that hard to to do mm-hmm. and hard to reconcile. I can't look in your heart, but I can only see your actions. Uh, you say you're a Jesus follower, but you readily live with your girlfriend or boyfriend, and you know God's word says that's not good. That's something that's going to ultimately destroy your faith or can. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a Jesus follower, but I do fill in the blank, and it's against God's word. And you keep doing it even though you know it's wrong, that Hebrews chapter 10 mm-hmm. passage. That's not a sign of faith. It's a sign of faith that's dwindling or a sign of faith that has vacated the lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, how do I, the question of how do I know I'm a believer naturally leads, I want other people to know that I'm a believer. I don't want to be a, a closet Christian that just hides away. And what you're talking about, the fruit, by your fruit, you will Yeah, I, and in fact, if, I'm, if someone comes to my office and they, they're really concerned, I, I, Pastor, I think I lost my faith, generally I tell them, 
well, it's hard to lose something you're worried about. Mm. <laughs> you know, you, you, yeah. you ha- you're concerned about something, and that's a good concern. It's yeah. always a good concern to be concerned about your relationship with Jesus. But it has been my experience in ministry that those people who are concerned about losing their faith are just concerned about they have some doubts right now, or they're sure. going through a tough time of life, but they have faith. They're concerned about their relationship with Jesus, which is a really good sign of faith. Yeah. It's a great fruit of faith. Yeah. And you bring up, I think that's a great point to make, especially as we're in this podcast, really helping people ask and answer questions. Having a doubt, having a question doesn't mean your faith has disappeared. That's a really natural thing is the new creation in us of God struggles with the old creation, the old natural way of thinking. Those are at war all our life, and there are going to be times when we're not certain or we've got these doubts or this just doesn't make sense. And when it comes to sin in your life, the difference is the Jesus follower identifies sin as sin, struggles against it, looks to God for for repentance and forgiveness, obviously. That's good. The person who lives in sin maybe even identifies it as, yeah, something God says is wrong, but I don't think it's wrong, and gleefully lives in it. That's not a sign of faith. So it's one thing to struggle against. Mm -hmm. It's another thing to gladly live in. Mm -hmm. And that's such a cool thing to be able to bring other people in, even those who claim to be Christian, to to live in close enough connection with them that they see that struggle. They see those fruits of faith because the fruit, the, the evidence of faith is not a perfect life. You just said that. It is a repentant life. For someone else to see that in me, oh, that's that's int- that's different. Again, we kind of come back to where we began. That's a different thing than world religions expect yeah. out of me. Spiritual authenticity with with Christians is to say, "Hey, in our group, it's all right not to be all right." Yeah. That doesn't mean you you live in that and you make excuses for your sin and bad behavior. It's just that you're, you're identifying. Listen. It's going to be a struggle on this earth. This isn't my home anyways. Mm-hmm. And that's why Paul, in the end of his life, says what? I fought the good fight. He didn't say, yeah, it was a pretty much a layup all my life. <laughs> it was really easy. It was a breakaway dunk. Yeah. shouldn't be a, a, a pro- No. He said, of all people, I love in, in Romans 7, you know the good stuff I want to do, Paul says? Yeah. I don't like doing yeah. that. I don't like that at all. I'm thinking, wow, he's been in my house. And the, <laughs> and the stuff that I'm supposed to do, I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know, and, and the stuff that I'm not supposed to do? I'm really good at that. I'm like, okay, he's one of my sons. And, 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 not to call them out. Or not to call them out. Or, or me. He's, he's me. Yeah. Right? Well, thanks for uh, tuning in this week to When Fear Reigns. What have, what's been your experience? Have you found Christian to be a clear term? Is it vague? Is it hard to define? Uh, make sure you leave us a comment. Give us some feedback. It's fair uh, for us to find ways to clear the air when we're talking with people to make sure that uh, the terminology that we're using is really apparent for everybody. Uh, the more and more than defining Christian clearly, I pray that you find ways to live and explain it clearly to the people in your life. Maybe our time together has helped you do just that. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, um, share it with somebody, download it on their phone if they're not super tech savvy. Uh, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, whatever store or app you use. And we'll see you next time. Hopefully this time together has helped the fear of the Lord to reign in your life. Thanks for listening in. We'd love to hear from you. Feel free to share your thoughts and comments on our Facebook page. Make sure you tune in next time as we have a really great interview with Dr. Mark Braun from Wisconsin Lutheran College. We'll see you next time on When Fear Reigns.